You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What is up, everybody? Welcome another edition of Drive for Show DFS for Dough here on Roto Grinders. I am Justin Van Zuden. We'll be hosting the program. As usual, and I've got uh, my good friend Notorious, aka Derek Farnsworth, alongside me, and uh, we'll be talking about the new PGA Tour season. Such a long break from the uh, end of the last season to the start of the new season. You know, it's been a whole two weeks uh, since we've had any golf. So, uh, just a one-week break in between. We've got a break for the Ryder Cup next week, but uh, otherwise, the fall swing is uh, getting going in earnest here this week. So. Uh, we will be breaking down the Fortinet Championship for you here tonight. Uh, thanks to those of you who are watching us, either on our podcast feed after the fact or live on YouTube. Uh, we appreciate it, however you choose to consume the show. And uh, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, please like and subscribe. We appreciate that. Uh, helps out those YouTube algorithms. And uh, we like to see those thumbs up on the uh, broadcast. So, uh, Noto, it's been two weeks since we've been on the air. So, uh, how you been? Yeah, been good. It's good to be back. Uh, that's for sure. NFL week one was a bloodbath uh, for me. And uh, yeah, I mean, a whole week without golf. Uh, my Thursdays and Fridays just aren't the same. You can't wake up and sweat your guys uh, heading into the weekend and then uh, join showdown after your guys all missed the cut. So yeah, it's good to be back. And uh, I'm excited for the Ryder Cup next week, too. Yeah, a little frustrating NFL week one for my Ravens there on Monday night. That was a tough uh, loss to swallow. Wish the Raiders would have just scored there in overtime instead of, uh, you know, uh, twisting the uh, uh, the knife one more time before uh, the Ravens lost. But uh, still fun to uh, to have the NFL back and certainly a busy time on the sports calendar. We've got some time on the program here tonight. Obviously, this is a... Uh, a fall swing event uh, with a weak field and it's, uh, it's not going to take us a long time to dig through. Uh, we do have new, uh, quite a few new players with their PGA tour cards. Uh, so there'll be some, uh, some faces we have to get a little bit familiar with and uh, we'll get a good chance to do that here over the course of the fall swing. But you mentioned the Ryder cup. So that's uh, next week and uh, should be an interesting battle. Obviously there was some buzz and consternation about the, the, the captain's picks from Steve Stricker, Patrick Reed left off for now. And then, you know, like in tweets, uh, kind of, uh, you know, aimed at, uh, at Stricker making a mistake. And I, you know, while I think it was probably the right move, it, it's hard to believe that old uh, captain America would be left off the Ryder cup team. So it'll be interesting to see what the uh, American side does if Brooks Kepka can't play, but, uh, uh, what do you think? What's your, obviously we won't be here next week. So uh, prediction for the Ryder Cup next week. Yeah, it uh, was interesting that Reed didn't end up making the team, but um, I mean, the U.S. has so many distractions as is. I mean, half the team hates each other, and the whole team hated Patrick Reed, and so um, I just think they went the easy route and uh, try to build a little bit of chemistry. I think Scheffler's going to be good. Um, he's a guy that uh, really good in the majors, really good in the WGCs, and I think he's a much better course fit than some of the other guys like Kisner or Nah or even Patrick Reed. So I like the selection. Um, I think as long as uh, they don't fight each other on the course, um, I think the U.S. is going to be fine. And are we going to have DFS? Because we did for the President's Cup, I believe. Yeah, I would imagine they'll uh, do something. But, 
you know, it's a little bit weird with the Ryder Cup with the format and how often guys are playing. And I can't remember what they did for the President's Cup, to be honest. I can't remember. So you uh, you picked a captain and then uh, it was kind of like showdown, but uh, you picked a, yeah, your full team. And then so I remember I paired up Webb and Reed and they got paired together every day and lost every day. Is the President's Cup the same, though, where like where guys play every round versus getting left out? I can't remember. I, I always get the two tournaments confused until no. they start. No, they leave guys off uh, until the until the singles at the end. So okay, it's kind of so, just you play the guys that you think are going to get the most rounds. Right, right. Well, so yeah, maybe they will uh, do something similar. So uh, that'll be interesting to strategize, and we'll see what uh, what DraftKings uh, happens to uh, to offer for that. So that'll be next week. But for now, we've got to dig into the first uh, fall swing event. So again, the Fortinet Championship. Don't be fooled by the name. This is uh, at Silverado in Napa Valley. Uh, same course that's generally hosted the first event of the fall swing uh, for the last you know decade or so. So it's uh, it's not a new course or a new event by any means. Just a new sponsor. Uh, of course, the uh, tour championship went down a couple weeks ago. Patrick Cantlay able to lead wire to wire and make that two stroke advantage uh, stand up uh, to uh, to win the tour championship. So good for him. Decent chunk of change that he was able to take home, like fifteen million bucks for uh, for winning the tour championship so anything else that uh has uh, has hit your brain over the last couple weeks uh not really man i was really rooting for john rom though uh made my biggest bet ever golf bet um for him to win the tour championship and yeah Canley just didn't go away and rom couldn't make any butts on sunday so uh i think that's kind of why we're seeing rom this week uh to lead into this event uh just let a bad taste in his mouth you know he's came close to winning so many of those playoff events and then just fell just short on those sundays and kind of ironic, you know, he was talking about how that he didn't like the format because the two-stroke advantage, you know, you work all season to to be at the top, and then all you get is a two-stroke advantage when it was looking like he was going to be the top seed. And then Cantlay is able to uh, to make that two-stroke edge pay off. So uh, a little bit uh, – pretty bad uh, breaks for for Rom, to be honest, with the COVID tests and, uh, and just, you know, the uh, disappointment there that he had at the end. He probably – you know, he definitely was – the best player on tour for the season as a whole. I don't think you'd really get anybody to, to dispute that, but uh, it is, it is what it is. Them's the breaks as they like to say. So, uh, well, let's, uh, let's shift to this week uh, to, to talk about the uh, Fortinet championship, formerly the Safeway open, formerly the fries.com formerly who knows what else, but um, you know, I think the, uh, the biggest thing people are going to be asking about is, the new players, you know, the corn Ferry tour graduates that got their PGA tour cards, basically you're going to see these guys a lot uh, during the fall swing. So uh, who are a couple of those guys that you think not necessarily for this week, we can get into that in a little bit, but over the course of the next couple months, a couple of the guys that might kind of rise to the top of this group that, uh, that we need to pay attention to. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, the guy that's popping in my model for this week is, uh, Adam Spenson. So he's a guy that has played on the PGA tour before, uh, lost his card for a couple of years. He just won a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Stephen Yeager, um, he's been on the PGA tour before. Um, he's coming off of three straight top fives. Um, we got a guy like Nick Hardy, um, who's really cheap this week. Um, just a lot of different names. Um, I didn't really pay too much attention to the playoffs, but, um, it always takes me a week or two to kind of, you know, 
see who is the best of the bunch, but sometimes it's not who you think it is. Um, you remember when you came out like Finau and uh, Justin Thomas and those guys, you know, there were, there were like 10 guys in that group and uh, Smiley Kaufman was one of them. And, uh, we obviously saw what happened to him. So uh, yeah, it should be fun to watch. Um, I'll be keeping a close eye on all of them, but I don't think we should go you know, overweight on any one in particular this week. Yeah, definitely. Um, Chad Ramey is one that uh, that caught my eye. He made his last 26 cuts on the Corn Ferry Tour last year with 11 top 10. So uh, obviously, you know, to make 26 cuts in a row and almost half of them be top 10s, that's pretty impressive. Uh, so, you know, in addition to uh, to Nick Hardy, who who is definitely my favorite on a points per dollar basis this week, um, uh, I think that those two guys are are, are two of the top ones. Um, Hayden Buckley, a pretty good story. You can read about that if you want to. Justin Lower, another one uh, who missed by one stroke at getting his card like four years ago and, and got it by one stroke this year. So just the grind for some of these guys and reading their stories to get their PGA Tour cards is pretty cool. Uh, but uh, Ramey and Hardy are definitely on my list. Brandon Wu is another one that got his tour card. Yeah, a lot uh, tour. Yeah, joins Dylan Wu, um, and both of them have uh, some history on the Outlaw Tour. So if you played during the COVID shutdown, played some Outlaw Tour golf, those names might be a little bit familiar to you. But, you know, in a full, strong field event, these are guys that we wouldn't really be that interested in. But, I mean, these guys have all just played well on the Corn Ferry Tour. And this is basically, you know, a Corn Ferry Tour plus, you know, maybe 10 or 15 strong options, but uh, it's not exactly the greatest strength of field. And it's funny, you know, I, I was looking for the strength of field, like, well, this is pretty bad. Uh, and then I looked at my article for this event last year. And because of all the goofy scheduling with COVID last year, this got played the week before the U.S. Open. And I was looking at the DraftKings pricing and Brendan Steele was 10K. Uh, and I wrote him up as the top play. So <laughs> the uh, the field was even worse here last year. So hopefully we'll uh, at least have some entertainment. And uh, it never sucks to have DFS golf back. So uh, with that, let's go ahead and get into it. And uh, as usual, we we'll start off just by discussing the course a little bit. Uh, so what do we know about uh, Silverado this week? Yeah, so it's in Napa Valley. Um, you definitely got to pay attention to strokes game, wine drinking. Uh, you want to stay away from those guys. Um, Phil Mickelson is uh, famous for, you know, taking guys after rounds and trying to get them as drunk as possible. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, uh, it should be fun, though. It's a very short par 72 I think of the tour championship, it was a par 70 that was 7,400 yards. And this is a par 72 that's 7,100 yards. So, uh, you know, two extra par fives and it's 300 yards shorter than that. Uh, it's pretty tree-lined course. The fairways are pretty narrow. Um, they are hard to hit, but it's not a big uh, penalty if you do miss them. The rough isn't too hard to play out of. And the greens are pretty big, so everyone's going to be hitting a lot of these greens. And off the tee, you can really take uh, any approach you want. Uh, Cameron Champ says he hits a driver um, on every single hole. And then there's other guys that are going to you know, lay back off the tee, try to keep it in the fairway. So uh, I think you either target accuracy or you go with the bomber approach. Um, guys that are short off the tee and pretty wild off the tee, probably uh, you want to avoid. And then you're just going to have a lot of wedges, a lot of uh, short par fours, four par fives. So you're going to have a lot of approach shots from 75 to 150 yards. And uh, yeah, whoever hits those closest is going to probably be in a good shape this week. And then the greens themselves are a mix of bent grass and poanua. Um, if you do like to look at those putting splits. 
Yeah, I do like uh, targeting the wedge angle this week and guys uh, who can who can succeed from that 75 to 150 yard range definitely uh, have uh, have my interest this week. So uh, basically can turn into a pitch and putt contest uh, if uh, you know if guys are are hitting it well uh, and we'll we'll approach play and around the green play will uh, will certainly benefit. So uh, with that, we can start digging into the field, and uh, we've got John Rom playing this week. Kind of the one curious uh, addition to the field that uh, that he's playing. You kind of hinted at it a little bit earlier, maybe just trying to to get rolling and get some of the the bad taste out of his mouth from how the tour championship ended. So, in any case, he was probably the most consistent, or he definitely was the most consistent and you know best overall player on tour in the 2020 2021 season. And here he is playing in a super weak field event. Obviously, all his stats are going to dominate the field. The concern is he's really expensive. uh, And, you know, he got the Ryder Cup next week. So does he have, you know, one eye on that? And how focused is he for this event? But uh, he probably deserves a discussion by himself here. Like, do you need to prioritize getting Rahm into your single lineup? Yeah, I think you do. Um, you just look at how weak the field is. Um, the 9K range is typically where I like to start, and it's pretty ugly this week. You mentioned, you know, his stats are just elite across the board. There's no doubt about it. He's the best golfer in this field. He's the best golfer in the world. And, I mean, 12-1 on DraftKings, it doesn't feel that expensive. I think I would pay 13 grand for him uh, this week. And just look at his Vegas odds. He's 4-1 to one to win on FanDuel, 3-1 to one to win on DraftKings. Uh, that's just wild. You don't see that in the full field. Um, I mean, DJ, when he was on his amazing run was like six to one. So, uh, this is the lowest, uh, odds that I can remember in a full field event. So yeah, I'm prioritizing Rom and, uh, I may even pair him with another guy, you know, up above 10 K just because I like the six K range. There's going to be a lot of those corn fairy tour graduates that we can mix into our lineups. And, uh, yeah, I like the stars and scrubs approach. Yeah. Really interesting on the three or four to one odds. Like I don't, maybe Rory for a time. I mean, that might've been the only time that that's happened since Tiger. Uh, And I mean, obviously Tiger had some ridiculous odds in his prime, but that was before, you know, most of us were involved with sports betting and I, I, we definitely haven't seen it in the last few years. That's for sure. So uh, definitely deserving of the, uh, the, the highest price tag on the board. And I am with you. We both have him tagged in lineup HQ. I think Rom is the starting point this week. So that is going to limit your exposure to the next group. Um, but like you said, the six K's, there are some options there. So maybe you can fit one of these guys in our other 10 K plus options are Hideki web, uh, Will Zalatoris and Kevin Na. So I almost never play Kevin Na, but you got to think he's at least got a little bit of fire after not getting picked for the Ryder cup team. He was one of the guys there with, you know, Patrick Reed, Kevin Kisner, uh, you know, Berger and Scheffler that, that were getting discussed there and, uh, and not nah didn't, didn't make it. So, you know, maybe that motivates him. I, I almost never play Kevin Na, uh, because of the old withdrawal history, but he does win quite often. And this is a course that should sh- suit his game. It's not very long. Uh, and if he's motivated, I mean, I, I certainly don't mind Kevin Na at 10 K, um, looks like Webb might be your favorite in that mix. Yeah. Here's my problem with Kevin Na is, I have not bought him a single time on his way up to the 10K price range. I missed out on his second, his eighth, his 17th, and then he was tied with Rom, uh, 72-hole score at the Tour Championship. So um, I feel like I'm buying the top if I invest in him now, kind of like, you know, a lot of people that got burned by, you know, Top Shot or 
any other stock. You don't want to buy it at the very most expensive price. So um, I missed out on all those good results. So just for that reason, I don't think I can pay 10K for him, but it certainly makes sense. I mean, he's in great form. You mentioned he probably wants to you know, play well after getting snubbed for the Ryder Cup. Still a chance that Bruce Kepka could sit. So I suppose, you know, maybe he's playing for that last alternate spot as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, I like Zalatoris in this range. He's finally a full-time PJ Tour member, so he can finally get some FedEx Cup points uh, to count. And then I like uh, Webb quite a bit. Form was off for, uh, for quite a while, but um, last three events, he's gained 16 strokes on approach. I always like him on these shorter courses and a uh, really good short game. So I think he's a guy you can look to. I'm not going to be on Hideki, and it seems like a lot of us in the expert survey kind of agree on that one. Um, last four cuts, miscut, T43, T46 in a 70-man field, and then T26 in a 30-man field at the Tour Championship. So the form certainly cooled off, and he's expensive. Um, he's probably going to be the lowest owner of the bunch, but I have a hard time clicking his name. Yeah, I'm out on Hideki as well, so we're in agreement on that. Um, and I've missed Kevin Na's whole run-up too, but I'm going to play him some this week, so one of us is going to you know, be right until he finishes like 13th or something. And then it's just kind of whatever, but um, I don't know. I guess I'm buying into the Ryder cup narrative a little bit, but uh, I'll play some Kevin. Now we'll see how it works. One time he misses the cutter withdraws. Then uh, that can be some (laughs) confirmation bias that I need to go back to not doing it. So, um, and and, you know, Hideki is really the only one that I'm not super interested in. I mean, 11 K eh, just give me one of those other guys. That's a little bit cheaper. All right, let's move into the 9Ks where, again, this is where it really starts to show that this field drops off uh, in terms of strength because we got guys like Tringali, Leishman, Siwoo Kim, Munoz, Harold Varner. Like these guys are usually in the 7Ks and they are our 9K options this week. Uh, Siwoo Kim, just with his form, you know, he, he's had so many events over the last couple of months that have been so bad. I can't pay 9300 for that. Leishman has fallen off. I mean, even Tringali from his height of where he was at earlier this year. Uh, he's okay, but it's just tough to trust this range. Uh, Varner feels like the safest option. Uh, he's made the cut, I believe, all uh, five times he's played here. So um, I like Varner at 9,100. He's not going to be, I mean, not going to be under the radar by any means. He's going to be one of the more popular options in the field, but uh, feels pretty safe here. So your thoughts on the 9Ks and, you know, if you're, if you like Rom and you like Webb at the top, is this just a range that you look to just skip? Yeah, for the most part, I'll have a little bit of exposure to Varner and MME. Uh, you make a good case for him. He's got the good course history, but we know about Varner. Anytime he's popular, um, he ends up letting us down. So that worries me. It uh, looks like he's going to be 25% or so. But uh, yeah, he's been uh, good back-to-back top 15s. Then everyone else is just way overpriced. Like you mentioned, Champ, um, he won this event, but I don't really feel great about him. Uh, Leishman always plays well in California, but um, hard to pay that much for him. Same with Siwoo Kim. Munoz has been playing real well recently. Maybe uh, he can keep it going. He's a streaky golfer. And then Tringali, I mean, this is a guy that he, he turned into one of the better drivers of the ball um, early last season. And for whatever, for whatever reason, that's just gone away. He's lost off the tee in eight of his last nine starts. And he's been pretty bad at this event. Um, in his career. I mean, he's played here each of the last five years. T43 is his best finish. So I think I'm off of uh, Tringali too. Um, yeah, uh, it's pretty ugly range for me. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I like Varner. Um, I, I think Tringali is okay, but it, it's not, this isn't ringing endorsements of any of these guys, um, which leads to, you know, just getting more exposure to the 10K and up. 
just on a course like this, like I'm not playing the bomber narrative. So, you know, champ, uh, I just don't trust him. I've gotten him wrong a lot lately though. So if you like him, by all means, if you're playing the bomb and gouge approach, just, uh, go, you know, take him. But I had nine K, I'm just not that interested. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and move into kind of the, uh, the middle range here. So again, the eight K options guys, we usually aren't used to seeing at these prices. Um, and, and this is, you know, this is a course that often yields plenty of scoring, obviously given the nature of the layout, uh, we usually see winning scores in that, you know, 17, 18, 19 under par range. So guys who can kind of score in these shootout type events, uh, Charlie Hoffman is a name that comes to mind that, you know, often does that. Maverick McNeely quietly had a really strong finish to the last season. I believe he made six or seven cuts in a row with quite a few top 30s. Uh, so he's there at 8,600. We've got Reavy, Todd, Snedeker. I mean, if you're looking for the, uh, you know, the, the shorter hitters that can get it in the fairway and then try to stick an approach, uh, those are certainly guys that, uh, that fit that mold. Uh, Phil Mickelson, if you're if you're into the wine and dine narrative, uh, hard to believe he could still be 8100 in any field these days. But in any case, 8Ks, uh, it's not a whole lot better, really, but there's some options in here. Yeah, there's some options. Um, I think I'm on board with you, with Charlie Hoffman. I think he's uh, really good, a guy that can make a lot of birdies. Um, he had five strokes ball striking on the field uh, two starts ago and then kind of fell apart the next week. But uh, tends to play well on the West Coast. Um, McNeely makes a lot of sense. Grew up in California, went to Stanford. Uh, so I like those guys that play well on the West Coast. And then uh, Mito Pereira, um, a guy that everyone loves to play. He's going to be popular. But, hey, we've seen him win three times on the Corn Ferry Tour. He's already got a couple of top tens on the PGA Tour. So I'll have some exposure to him. And then uh, I do like Ches Reeve as well. He's 9-9 nine nine here, five top 25s. He's a guy that just hits a ton of fairways and is good with his irons. And he's finally starting to show some life. Uh, he had a pretty bad start to the you know 2020 season. So uh, I think those four would probably be my favorites. But um, I like this range more as a whole than I do the 9Ks. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, you know, it's uh, small differences, but uh, you're at least getting a bit of a discount on some of these guys. So Hoffman, McNeely, my two favorites. Uh, certainly don't mind sprinkling in some of those other guys as well. And you're going to get kind of low teens ownership on most of them. So I am okay with that as well. Uh, let's see. And Mito, I always have interest in, in Mito uh, Pereira, who you mentioned, especially in a weaker field event. I mean, we saw him in kind of some of the birdie fest. He had like three top tens in a row there uh, in the summertime. One of them was the Olympics, but a couple of the PGA tour events as well. He, he posted top uh, 10 finishes. So fine with those options in the eight K range. And then we start to get to the seven K and the seven to six, you know, there's plenty of, of options this week. Um, and we can get to some of them here when we get to our guest, the golfer segment. Uh, but uh, we'll uh, probably a good time to, we've talked about most of these guys to so take a little break and do our, uh, our, our prize picks segment here. So um, don't know if we, did you have one week where you hit on all three of these? I can't remember now. Yeah. And then I got cocky and went over three the next week. So. <laughs> That's all right. That's three for three and over three is better than two for three twice. So, <laughs> um, if you're interested in prize picks, you can sign up prizepicks.com or download the app, um, make a deposit on there and go ahead and get yourself uh, a nice deposit bonus. Use promo code grinders on your first deposit. So you get a hundred percent bonus up to a hundred bucks. So 
$100 free if you deposit $100. Uh, and then uh, usually we do like three finishing position uh, bets. And, the, you know, the more bets you add or the more over-unders you add to your card, the bigger your payout multiplier is. So we've been doing three. I mentioned I'm not on Cameron Champ this week, so I took the over on 35 and a half finishing position for him. Uh, I like McNeely quite a bit, 39 and a half. I felt that was a pretty good number there. And then under 32 and a half for Varner with his history at this event. And I believe uh, Rom's prop on there right now is five and a half. So if you bet the under, he's got to finish in the top five, which is certainly justified given his odds, but uh, that's the lowest number I've seen on prize picks um for anybody since uh, since we've been looking at it so uh those are our picks on prize picks this week promo code grinders on your first deposit get a bonus up to 100 bucks and also roto grinders premium you can check us out uh, you can get more of our videos noto's model downloadable customizable uh, you can check that out with roto grinders premium we'll give away one week for free to somebody if you can guess our golfer our value golfer of the week in just a little while but uh, otherwise, check us out, rotogrinders.com. You can get uh, any individual sport that you want or our combo package, uh, which includes pretty much everything except NASCAR. Never a better time to try that out than right now uh, because the NFL season is starting. So uh, you can click the link in the description and uh, get 10 bucks off your first month of a single sport package or the combo premium package. All right, let's dig into these 7K golfers. Um, I think this range is interesting. You know, Pat Perez, Doug Gim, Roger Sloan. These are some guys we've seen some hints of upside from in the past couple of months. Uh, Sepp Straka, you know, th these are all hit or miss golfers, but uh, can generally get some upside. I, I mentioned at the top of the show that Brendan Steele was 10K in this event last year. So now he's 7,400. He tends to play better on the West Coast. So those are a few of the names in the uh, kind of mid seven, mid to upper seven Ks that stood out to me. Uh, what are you looking at in here? Yeah, I like those names as well. Um, Pat Perez, he was on the foreplay podcast and uh, what a character that guy is. But um, he was saying he was basically ready to retire and then uh, went to a new swing coach in the summer and just went on uh, an incredible run of top 20s to end up getting his tour card. And now he feels more confident than ever. Um, and it's kind of backed up in the results. So I thought that was interesting. Um, he's just trying to last till 50 so we can get on the champion store, it sounds like. But um, a guy that always plays well out west. And uh, he's a pretty good putter, especially on these type of greens. So I like him quite a bit. I like Doug Gim, but, um, you know, him and Varner both being chalky just scares me. One of those two likely going to let us down because they always do when they get popular. But uh, Gim likes bent grass greens and, Really good ball striker. I think he's fifth in this field over the last 50 rounds of ball striking. And then moving down, uh, one of my old favorites, Charles Howe, uh, Chucky Three Sticks. You got to play him um, during the you know swing season. He's made $41 million on tour, um, and most of it has come during the swing season. So I like Chucky Three Sticks. And then um, until we get this below 7,500, I don't love a lot more in this range. Sorry, muted myself there for a second. Um... Yeah, Howell is interesting. I've seen some buzz on him this week. We've still got him at 3%. Um, boy, it's, it, I played him so many times last year when he did just awful. And uh, I guess probably not a lot, but 
more times than uh, than I care to remember, I guess. And uh, and he just disappeared so often. And he used to be Mister Consistent, but really interesting tournament play if his ownership stays in that four percent range. So uh, don't mind that call. Uh, Kazire at seventy five hundred. If you want more of a risk reward play, I think is okay. Um, I'll go back to some steel. Heck, if I played him last year at ten k, I'll play him at seventy four hundred. Uh, and then as we get to the bottom part of the 7K range, I think you can start to just look for guys that are pretty safe to make you a cut. I mean, this is a course where it's going to benefit you to get six of six through the cut as much, you know, as many lineups as you can, simply because there's going to be scorable holes out there every day. So guys like Lanto Griffin or Adam Shank, that can, you know, reliably get you a made cut, I think those guys have some value this week. So I don't mind uh, taking some of them. If, you, if you're not ready to trust the new web.com or uh, corn fairy tour, sorry, graduates yet. Hudson Swafford looks like he's getting uh, some buzz. You mentioned Adam Svensson at the top of the show, but who are some of your favorites as we get to the bottom part of the seven K seven K range? Yeah. So I like Svensson a lot. Um, if you look at his numbers from 2019, uh, really good ball striker, really good with his irons. Um, if you just look over the last uh, 24 rounds, I think he's first in this field in strokes gained approach, <laughs> which is kind of crazy, even though, you know, they were from 2019, but can't imagine his game has changed that much and he's been in really good form on the corn Ferry tour. So uh, he's my favorite play in this range. Um, I always got to play some Patrick Rogers whenever he's in California. Um, I did get a message. He's technically not a Cali kid. He didn't grow up in California. Uh, we kept calling him that. Um, on our other show. So um, he just went to college in California. So, uh, but he plays well anytime uh, he gets out West and then uh, Lonto Griffin just feels too cheap. I know he doesn't have good course history, but uh, he could be like, he was the same price as Sebastian Munoz most of last year. And uh, Munoz is all the way up in the nine K range. So I like the discount there. I like Taylor Pendrith playing really well on the corn Ferry tour. And then one guy that will probably really fly under the radar is Aaron Ray, um, a guy that plays on the European tour regularly, really good iron player. So um, don't really know if his game's going to translate over here, but if there's ever a field to do it, I think this is going to be it. Yeah, interesting call there. Um, I, again, you can take the route of some safe guys that are going to get you some made cuts, or you can go for the kind of risk reward upside guys in this range. I think both approaches are viable. Uh, and I'll mix and match in my GPP builds a little bit. Uh, Hank Lebiota is another one that's probably going to be pretty polarizing this week. You know, he had that great run during the summer. Um, what, three top tens in a row, I believe, and then was massive chalk the following week, uh, like 30% owned at some ridiculous price. And then he had to withdraw. His father had a health scare, uh, made the cut, and then had to withdraw prior to the third round. And then obviously after that, you know, uh, your mind's on other things, your, your focus is broken and understandably. So he struggled to end the year, but I don't think probably anybody has benefited from a three or four week break um, during the playoffs more so than, than Lebiota. I mean, you should be able to be reprioritized with the golf game and focused and, you know, hopefully everything's going okay with his dad and uh, he can, you know, get back to dominating on the golf course and, you know, when we saw him 30% owned at 8,500 or something, now he's 10% owned at 7,100 in a weak field. I know he didn't end the season, you know, right. But I think we can explain that away with some of the external factors that were going on. And, you know, maybe he still doesn't have it back. We won't know until we see him out there, but uh, that's, 
price is, is low enough to where I think I'm going to take some chances. So Lebiota, my favorite in that uh, lower end of the 7K range. I mentioned Chad Ramey earlier. He appears to be the Corn Fairy grab that's getting some of the most buzz. Uh, he's at about 5% ownership, and you know he's more expensive than a lot of the other ones. So uh, anything else above 7,000 that, uh, that we missed that you like? I do like the Lebiota call, and uh, he's a great example of why I'm not playing Nah, because uh, I faded in those three top tens, and then I finally bought in at his highest price um, and highest ownership ever, and then that's the week uh, he ended up withdrawing. But obviously that wasn't his fault. So I like getting back on him. Uh, I think it's a good time to buy low. I also like the Ramey call, and then I like uh, Alex Smalley. Can't remember the story about him, but uh, he played like five PJ Tour events um, over the last couple months, made the cut in all of them. Then back-to-back top 15s on the Corn Ferry Tour. So um, he's a guy that I would look to as well, having about 3% ownership right now. And how about Matt Kuchar? 7,000 in this field, uh, and I don't want no part of him. It's wild. Yeah, that's crazy. I just, I mean, when's the last time we've seen any upside? When's the last time he's even contended going into Saturday? Like, it's just, it's been so long. I mean, certainly I think he'll probably make the cut here, but uh, yeah, there's just not much of a ceiling with him anymore at 2% ownership. That's, that's crazy. All right, let's go ahead and move into the 6Ks. And again, if you're watching us live on YouTube, we will do our Guest the Golfer segment. Free week of Roto Grinders premium to uh, anybody who can guess our favorite punt value play of the week. Um, if you've been watching the whole show, this won't be super difficult because we have mentioned his name at one point in the show. But our favorite punt value of the week, first person to get it, free week of Roto Grinders premium. We'll get you hooked up with that. Um, and again, shouldn't be shouldn't be difficult. Should be able to uh, to get it if you've been watching the show. So, uh, otherwise, let's go ahead and dig into the rest of the uh, the punt options. And uh, we mentioned the the six Ks. There are some interesting plays here this week. So, who are some of your favorites? I like Bo Hogue at uh, sixty eight hundred. You know, he's a good putter on Bent and Poa. And for the longest time, he was missing cuts by one or two strokes. He finally kind of figured that out towards the end of the season. Uh, I think he's gained or made like seven of his last eight cuts, something like that. And this is one of the events that he's played a couple of times. Um, he's two for two here, T29 last year. So I think he's a pretty safe option. Uh, Cameron Percy's uh, been on fire with his irons. He's a guy that um, not very good anywhere else, but he's a really good iron player. So I don't mind looking at him, especially in showdown. He's going to have some really low rounds and some really bad rounds. And then I like Kyle Stanley a little bit. Um, if you don't mind guys that are going to lose all the strokes on and around the greens. So he's gained off the tee in nine straight. He's gained on approach in nine straight. He's lost around the green in nine straight and he's lost putting in nine straight. So um, pretty consistent uh, in that regard, but um, he's probably a top 10 ball striker in this field, which is pretty crazy. Maybe you can find the putter. I like Mark Hubbard a little bit. Um, he's made nine of his last 10 cuts and a pretty good putter on Benton Poa greens. Um, the irons have been a little bit better recently. And then the only other guy on my list is our guest, the golfer. Yeah, Michael Thompson is a guy that I'm interested in at 6,900. He tends to pop in these kind of weaker field birdie fests. You'll see his name, you know, good first round leader bet or something like that. Don't mind him at 6,900. Um, again, you can take a chance on some of these web.com guys like Wu or, um, uh, our, our guest, the golfer guy who, uh, don't be shy, throw out some guesses there. All right. Uh, Antoine with the correct guess of Nick Cardi. Congrats. Uh, nice. so the, uh, 
Corn Ferry Tour grad from Illinois, an Illinois product, my neck of the woods, uh, who was, you know, super consistent on the Corn Ferry Tour last year. Lots of uh, top results. Didn't maybe not as much like win equity as uh, you'd like to see, but uh, just mega consistent, tons of made cuts. Uh, and I think his game will translate pretty well to the PGA Tour uh, to, to cash some pretty good paychecks throughout the course of the year. So Hardy is my favorite. Noda likes him as well. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's where I'm going to go. Any, anything else in the six uh, K's that, uh, that we missed. Yeah. You mentioned Hardy's uh, consistency, you know, 84% of cuts over the last two years. And uh, he's finished in the top 25% of those fields, 67% of the time. So this is a guy with a really high floor. Um, hopefully it'll translate because this price is great at 6,200. And I think that's it though. I mean, you can take a chance on a lot of these guys. They're not that big of a difference from the 6Ks to the 7Ks, even to the 8Ks. So don't be afraid to build some stars and scrubs lineup. Um, and I'm usually the guy that's telling you to go balanced uh, in single entry. Yeah, this week it does uh, feel a little bit uh, different just because of the pricing and the way the field drops off. So I'm kind of peeking through to see if there's anybody on my list. Yeah, I think we've pretty much hit all of them. So um i mentioned buckley as one of the web.com guys but uh i think i'd put ramey hardy and smalley ahead of him those would be my top three probably in that order uh in terms of just gross expectations so well that's going to do it a little bit of a shorter program for us this week obviously with the week field events and uh, next week we'll see what uh DraftKings decides to offer if anything for the Ryder cup uh that should be a lot of fun always is a lot of fun uh, when the Ryder Cup gets going and the uh, the banter and the the competitiveness and uh, a few things quite like it in uh, in sports. So, uh, Noto, anything else that uh, that you want to uh, mention for the people before we get out of here? Oh, check out uh, the rest of our content if you are a premium member. And uh, if you ever have any questions about your lineups, contest selection, just uh, shoot me a DM and uh, I got your back. Uh, before we get out of here, we do have somebody in the chat asking if either of us like Jason Duffner this week. So any interest in him? So uh, that's funny because I was just looking at uh, the numbers and he is second in the field in uh, proximity from those uh, 75 to 150 yards. And he's coming off of four straight top 30 finishes. So I might have to add him to the player pool. Yeah, interesting. Haven't played him in a while, but uh, don't mind him in this uh, in this field. As long as he can uh, hold his own on the greens, uh, he should should be all right. So uh, definitely don't mind it as a GPP play. Probably wouldn't do it in a in a cash game build though. So all right, that's gonna do it for this week. And uh, you know what? Let's take a look at the PJ Tour schedule here. So we've got the Ryder Cup next week, obviously. So we won't uh, have a show for that. Uh, but then uh, the Sanderson Farms is all by itself. Uh, it used to be an alternate field event. So that is uh, heading into the first weekend in October. Then the Shriners Hospitals for Children Open uh, and the CJ Cup, which they're playing in uh, Vegas again this year, um, back-to-back weeks there after the Shriners. Uh, but as of now, still planning to go uh, over to uh, Japan for the Zozo uh, the third week of October. So that's what's coming up. We'll have you covered for all of those. Uh, here on uh, Drive for Show DFS for Doe. So for our producer, Eli, filling in for Devin, working hard behind the scenes tonight. Uh, thanks for uh, sticking with us on a Tuesday night. Thanks to Noto as well for joining me. I am Justin. Have a great week, everybody, and we will see you back here next Tuesday. Up. Oh.
two Tuesdays from now after the Ryder Cup. So enjoy, and uh, we'll catch you in two weeks. Take care. <laughs>